That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jabberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania alongside for the ride as a man who actually hurt me once and was fined 50 cents, not a dollar, JC. You know what? I'm half as good as Bianca. That's the huge, biggest compliment I could ever have because I would actually probably put me at like a tenth of her talent. She's amazing. But yeah, Nestlemania. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of fun on both SmackDown and Raw this week. I thought it was actually a very solid week. There's a lot of, there's nothing like major happening, but I think it's a lot of fun stuff. There's a lot of new stuff. So for me, there was a lot of things that I enjoyed this week, but you know, I kind of like to put you on the spot and make you tell the truth. So I think we should start with the lie detector test. Yes. Uh, listen, so this is something that I wanted. I wanted the lie detector test the minute that you got to speak with Zeke, which I thought was hysterical. Um, obviously, they went back to the Mr. America, he's not lying thing and like the whole gimmick. And I mean, obviously, the crowd's in on it now. There's more going on with the, with, with the Ezekiel than there was with Elias towards the end. So we're OK with it. And I'm just excited. I think there's something here. I think it's something different. I here's the thing. I think what made this better than anything else was Gable. I thought Chad Gable did an amazing, amazing, amazing job. Like, Kev, I've got this. I have structural integrity. Like, the whole thing was Gable harnessing just being the straight guy. And I just, I I couldn't like it anymore, I thought. I thought it was well done. I don't think I could draw it up any better. Thank you. No, like Gable, Gable's a star, man. Like that was, it was the perfect guy to put in that role. I love the glasses. And when he asked the question, he put them down and just kind of look at him. And then Kev looking at the monitor being like, what's going on? What's going on? So I thought this was, this was a great segment. It was a lot of fun. I think this was a great way to debut Ezekiel. And obviously they had the match against Gable. Um, but it just, this was a lot of fun. And I really am looking forward to what they continue to do with Ezekiel because I didn't think this would be that good because I was, oh God, we soured so much on Elias at the end, but this is exactly what he needed. Oh, I I agree. I mean, the the thing that makes me laugh is like just the fact that like he kind of like has this weird thing. Like, I don't know if it's a dimple, but it's like, like some kind of like weird thing right here because he shaved. And it's like, I don't know. It just, you never notice it because of the beard, but it's Mm -hmm. just like, it, it's so bizarre to me that it's just like, yeah, I'm Elias's, you know, younger brother and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's just so funny to me that we're putting Elias directly in the shine first thing off the bat. I mean, mostly because of KO and, and Gable and then, you know, that's just the way it is. But I mean, I will ta- say what sold me, what sold me on the end of the segment was when Ezekiel turned it serious because he's mostly been a joke so far, but at the end when KO says at all, he like threatened him and he goes, he goes like whatever you whatever his line was like what are you gonna do about it and like the thing i was like boom there it is that's that little bit of edge i needed to see from this character to really know that it might have some stain power so yeah that cinched it for me it's interesting to me too because i just when i look at 
Ezekiel. It's just like he wears the most generic looking thing possible with like his little tights and his gauntlets and his boots. And I know they're trying to get away from what he looked like. And I understand that. But it just it, I don't think that fits him. Like it's like none of it fits him because Ezekiel isn't really him. But it's just kind of funny that they've they've put him in that little gimmick because it looks weird to me. That's Don't like, you want to speak with Zeke, though? Oh, I do want to speak with Zeke, but it's just like, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just like, who wants to speak with Zeke? I'm just waiting for Kevin Owens to go the extra mile and, like, put a guitar in his hands and, like, ask him to play a song or sing or something like that. Like, I think Kevin Owens, as much as Kevin Owens is in a serious thing right now, we can talk about that at some point, he does a great job going back and forth. He's he's not just a main event player. He's just, like, he plugged and played. He's a tool guy. He just he does everything yeah. well, and it's just so much fun to see somebody get the props they deserve and the time on TV. Uh, very quickly, I just want to tell uh, Joseph, uh, you can go fuck yourself. These are not shoulder pads, by the way. These are my shoulders. <laughs> He's I literally milking that jacket. Listen, this jacket, look, look, if you don't want me to wear the jacket every week as a reminder that I won WrestleMania to WrestleMania wire to wire predictions, then just do better than me. That's all it is. You just have well, to do WrestleMania. I'm afraid I've got some bad news because 2022 is the year of J C. That's all you me. get. Yeah, J C. Me. <laughs> J C. Yeah. Me. No, look. Well, I, you you hit on it there a little bit, so I think we should move on now to what opened and closed the show on Raw because, of course, I, I didn't lead with it this week, so I'm trying. Listen, but listen, it's just, listen. It's, I gotta ask you: so Will good. Cody ever be in the heat? I, for serious, here. If it, if I, at this or in the near future, probably not because it's so compelling. It's so compelling. Like this, that like when he comes out and he's on screen with Seth and all this stuff, like I'm on the edge of my seat and I know I'm not alone. I mean, the reactions like that opening segment was so good because Seth is like, you can tell Seth is loving this too. Like this is something it's so fresh. It's new. It's exciting. And you know, it just, I, I love the little, like the, the thing with Cody going to the crowd and you slowly see Seth start to start to turn and get pissed. Be like, I was going to respect you. And then whatever. Um, but I did like they did the, the, the mystery opponent. thing. I think mystery opponents are always fun. It obviously makes a ton of sense for this feud because that's how this whole thing started. Um, so, I, I mean, the obvious choice was KO. I was kind of hoping they'd maybe like throw us a curveball with Champa, but the way it ended, it made so much sense that they had to go with KO because Seth and KO, like we're best friends and they, kind of around WrestleMania got in an argument and kind of broke up, but then they got back together. But when Seth called KO a fat ass, yeah. I, started there and I fucking lost it. And KO did exactly what he should do. Be like, nah, fuck you, man. Screw you. Cody wins by count out. But it also, it's one of those things that saves this match for down the line on a future feud. It also pushes forward with uh, KO and Seth a little bit on the side too. And it gets Cody the win like he should be. And it still protects KO. So I thought this like, yes, we, the one thing about WWE that can be frustrating is the main events. Like you never get the clean finishes a lot, but I think in this case it worked fine. Look, all I have to say is this. There are things that, that I took away from this. I thought the front of the show was super long. I thought the promo was too, too long. It just took, they said Metropolis instead of City. They were going legitimately for, like, and I get it. He's like, ha, ha, and he takes his time. Well, and both just, of them were just milking the crowd, man. Oh, my man. God. It was the just crowd like, was into it. The crowd so was into it. I, I get it, and I'm sure it's fine. But, like, all I could think about was get to your point. Get to your goddamn point. And, if, and like, eventually Cody said to, like, okay, let's let's not just, you know, parade around here. What do you, what do you get now? And I eventually got to it, which was, again, it was good television. But I just felt like it was 23 minutes, I think, by the time the next segment started based on commercial breaks and everything. And it just felt like it was fatiguing. And right out of the right out of the gate for me, like after a while, I was like, okay, cool. You set up the main event. I get that. But you can do that in a faster, you know, setting, at least in my opinion. And then in the main event, something, two things or a couple of things I want to talk about very quickly. 
there were a lot of falsies here. Like they were treating it like it was like WrestleMania. I mean, and they, you know, it's the main event. I get it. But everybody kicks out of everybody's finish and all that shit. But the one thing that, and again, I don't, there, there are things that I hate. I specifically hate six man tags. You know, I hate roll-ups. I also hate when a baby face puts his leg on the bottom rope to break up a pin. I abhor that. I think that is the worst thing you can do as a baby face for me. I'm just saying, look, I know I, I, again, I you hated the pump up the crowd. Oh, I hate more. the pump up crowd too. I think That's you true. just hate baby faces. I, I do hate baby you. faces, but I, I know here it is. You know what it really is? I hate people who are terrible baby faces. Not saying that Cody's a terrible baby face. I just don't like the fact that he put the leg on the rope. Cause like, here's the thing. If you're technically a baby face, John Cena, you know, in theory, I'm sure he has somebody will show me a clip that he grabbed he the rope. Has. You know, he's grabbed the rope over time and stuff like that. I just think that's bad. I just think that's terrible because a baby face shouldn't need to like, oh my God, I'm in peril. I need to like find my way out of it. But I get that nowadays things are different. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was, do you think the fat ass comment is like in the, in the realm of where we are right now in the world, do you think like people are going to like, say that Seth no. Rollins is like a fat no. shamer or anything like that? Okay. No, because here's the thing. It's part it's of the character. Did, I get it. Because he's a heel. Like, here's the thing with Seth. Like, And I talked about this today after WrestleMania. It felt like they made him a baby face. But for this feud to continue, he was going to stop to be a heel. And it seems like they still view him as one of the top heels, if not the top heel on Raw. So I think between calling KO a fat ass and then pushing Cody off the top rope to do the show, he got booed, which Seth hasn't been booed since in months. Because he's been so many people that sit in the sun, which like whatever, like so you have to do little things here to make him that asshole again. And we know Seth is a great asshole, so a comment like that coming from him to KO, like it's you, you should be offended by it. That's the whole point. I don't. It's not like he called him a super derogatory thing, but sure. in terms of like getting heat, I thought that's exactly what he needed to do. And then finally, it was just kind of a fun juxtaposition for me. He went from AEW, the land of never counting out or disqualifications, to like his second match in count out, and all I could think about was what a main event. If uh, this but, was an AEW match, it would have had blood oh, yeah. everywhere. Oh, yeah. I, it's so hard. It's so hard because there's so much good stuff on AEW. And I just, when I see the blood all the time, I'm just thinking to myself, are people going to come out from behind the turnbuckle and just go, Bleh. I mean, you, know? you could clearly see Ethan Page do it to himself on Friday or uh, Saturday, the Battle of the Belt show or whatever it was. When they get just blatant. It was just like he got, he barely got kicked in the head. And then he all of a sudden you see him on the steps going like this, hack, freaking like hacksaw yeah. on his fucking forehead. But it's just like, whatever. Well, we'll probably get to some AEW later in the show because I think uh, you were very excited about Satin, I'm saying, but we'll, we'll get there. Oh, but yeah. It's we're that's in the right now. Um, and I actually, um, I want to transition to SmackDown here because I thought there was something and it's a guy that's first team all Nestle. And this segment was so much fun. Drew Gulak doing interviews, uh, which is a nice, fun little thing. Drew Gulak, you know, he's always been a guy that has been very entertaining when he's got the option. We know he's good in the ring, but they don't really use him for that as much. He's been a lot more of like the comedy stuff, but him working with Charlotte was fucking kind of awesome because I always love when they blur this and Charlotte's the type of person that you do this with. And so he, she, he obviously interrupts one-on-one uh, -on -one with her and Pierce. So she's like, come out to the ring to interview me. And he's all excited. And he asks the tough questions. I got to give Gulak credit. But the best part of this to me was watching Charlotte fucking tap him out like that. This is how this was this for Charlotte. This was the best segment Charlotte's been a part of since she's been champion. 
And like I think a lot of that definitely goes to Gulak, but I think it was just something so unique that we normally get. And it made Charlotte look like such a fucking super stud, which we need to leading into this rematch with Rousey. So I thought this was an A-plus segment all the way around. I'm surprised that you you like this. I didn't think you would like it when I was watching it. I loved it. it. I, it, it to me, that that's just surprising because when I was watching it, I, I first off, you know, I have to be, you know, unbiased opinion because, you know, we're, dog damn it, we're, uh, we're journalists here. And uh, no, we're not we're commentators. Well, as 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 it's much a, as legitimate, listen. As much as a legitimate that Meltzer is, we're the same. We're the. I mean, same. we probably have as many sources as he does. Does so. I have a, a lot more toilet paper that I can read. Anyway, so uh, moving on, I think that Gulak. I've always been a fan of Gulak. Just I love Gulak in general. I think he's awesome, and he's got such a great mind and a great vision for what he wants to do. So I was pleasantly surprised when he actually did it, and I just. I couldn't believe that one he was doing the the interview and and then like the only thing that threw me off and I'm sure again again small peanuts here but it was weird to me where it was like I know we aren't getting in the WWE intergender matches. I get that they're just not going to go full-fledged on like a competitive match. Reggie. <laughs> right, right, a competitive matchup that way. Yes. Which I again, I think I'm I mean, I watch Beyond Wrestling. I watch a lot of other, you know, independents where that's just what it is, and, it, and it's, I think we're both all for it in the yeah. right situation. I think, yeah. I think, I think, as long as it's you know treated correctly, I think that's wonderful. I think it should be that way. But again, WWE is different. But the one thing that was very odd to me was like, if Drew Gulak had a little bit more like space in terms of like forgetting that Drew Gulak was like the submission specialist and this like hardcore wrestler, and then having Charlotte put him in the figure eight, I just felt like. And I know I'm in the minority of this thought, but it's just hard for me because I'm I'm trying to like enjoy the moment as I'm watching it. But all I could think about was Drew Gulak can get out of this. Drew Gulak could do like 45 reversals in this thing. The only thing that he did correctly was like he kind of paused and like thought about it before he did it. And it was like, oh, if I had just done it, I would have been fine. The other thing that made me really laugh was like, if you think about it, uh, she said, I didn't tap out. I was adjusting my bra strap or whatever. If you look closely, he gets up and like kind of gets close to her like clavicle. And I all I could think about was, was he going to like pull her bra strap and like <laughs> clink it as like a joke and then tap out? Because that would have been a uh, chef kiss. But I get it. And, 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 you know, it's drawn up the way it's drawn up and they don't probably have a lot of um, say in what goes on. But again, it was odd to me that like the man that was a submission specialist kind of went, eh, but see, that's that's to me, honestly, me knowing that he is, is kind of why I liked it because to me, obviously this segment is all about Charlotte getting her shit back. And that Charlotte Ronda feud was so lame going into WrestleMania. Something like this is, especially with uh, Ronda not there because she ain't going to go to fucking Worcester. Sorry guys. Yeah, what's that? Uh, but it just, it, it, it added a lot to me because when Charlotte is allowed to be peak Charlotte, just full on absolute C word, like prick, like whatever you want to call her, like Charlotte, that is the best version of Charlotte and is one of my favorite things on television. And this segment gave me those vibes for the first time in a long time. So I, I loved it. I thought this was great. I thought SmackDown overall on this. I mean, I didn't really have any heat from SmackDown, but one th- other thing that I love on SmackDown for me, you know, it's, it's pew, pew, pew. I was Ricochet, just waiting man. to say it. I Ricochet, man. It's gender clean. You can say Ricochet wasn't on WrestleMania. Obviously, that was a disappointment. But one thing I will say is Ricochet is being booked pretty well as champion. He's a fighting champion. He's restoring order to that IC title. He's already defended it three times, and he's had it like a month. Nakamura, I think, defended it twice in like eight months. So we're already getting there because what I look for in an intercontinental champion is either like some young stud 
uh, which we'll talk about the U.S. title late, later, getting like his first chance at a run, nice long run, or it's someone who's just going to go out there and like you put on one of your better wrestlers and you just have matches. And Ricochet is getting on TV pretty much every week. He's having good matches. Hell, he had a decent match with Jinder, which is Jinder. You know, you know, you don't want to hinder Jinder, but it is what it is. But I just, I think it's one of those things. Like, yeah, the WrestleMania thing. Sure, it was a disappointment, but at the same time, I still like that this is happening because the IC title wasn't visible pretty much for all of 2021, at least now here in 2022, we're starting to get some visibility to it. And I do think that the man to dethrone him is probably going to be Kunta, which I mean, he might hold that thing for three years. So I think um, I'm, I'm really positive about the direction of the IC title and I got to give it to my boy Ricochet for delivering as he always. He was three seconds away. He was 303. I clocked it. Yeah, it's gender, man. They don't all got to be freaking 15 minutes. No, I know, classics. I know, I know. Well, watch AEW if you want to see that every week. Watch fucking Sammy Guevara win the TNT title for the 30,000th time, because that's what we want. Well, hey, you know what? They have a plan, I'm sure. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, yes, again, Ricochet, pew, 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 whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. He's a young man doing the IC championship as best as he can anyway. He's handsome as fuck. He is pretty Ricky. I will give you that. He is a pretty man. He's a very pretty man. I'm curious how you feel about the overabundance of uh, RK Bro this week on both shows because it so felt like is, it was good and bad. So this is, um, and we can have this discussion now, this is the the positives and negatives of unifying titles is that your champions are going to float. Uh, the positives is you get to see RK Bro, the Usos, Roman, whoever on both shows kind of going around doing their thing. They're some of the top acts, whatever. But the, also the, the bad side is also why it's a good sign is that you're seeing these guys everywhere. And it's just they're going to get overexposed. They, like the more you see of something, the less special it feels. And then it's when you have these unified champions, you're going to have this battle between Fox and USA being like, well, why do they get the title match? We want to, you know what I mean? So it just, it's the negative of it. And by having them doubling up on both shows, you're also taking time away from other people on the show. So WWE already has a problem with not using everyone. It's going to be even worse if you unify the titles. So that's why with my hope for this, like I was fine with Roman unifying them. I've talked myself into being fine with the Usos having a short run with both titles, but I still want both titles to be defended separately. If they're fully combined, I don't know, because I think a, a lot of the negatives are just that it's the overexposure and like the, a lot of the like other things. Because, yeah, there was a lot of RK, bro. They were on Raw, they are on SmackDown, they were back on Raw fighting the Street Profits for the umpteenth time. And the Street Profits uh, could be uh, shoehorning themselves into another title match. They might be the new Charlotte. So uh, I'm curious your take on that. But, yeah, it's it's tough because I think right now it's fresh, so it's fine. But I think if this becomes like a long-term thing, I think it's going to be a negative. I really do. See, I, I saw it as a positive because I thought the crowd still loved them, especially in Worcester. They were really I mean, they're like, so over, dude. They were so over. So it's like, and I appreciated the whole like, okay, like we're having a main event that's not really like, I don't know. I like to me, I thought that was like Jimmy Uso versus Riddle is a great match. It's just not the amazing. finish was the best part. But the, yeah, exactly. The finish and was the end. reaction. <laughs> yeah, the finish and everything else was perfect. It just made you know all set. It was a cool RKO at the end, right? Like it just kind of went up in the air and you know looked like a pizza, and it was great. And that's what we want. We want kind of like some fun stuff. So it is what it is. But honestly, it's hard because, again, when I looked at this on Raw, it was like, oh, my God, here they come again. And here comes the Street Profits. And it's like, how many more? Like, I, I'm, I'm surprised Street Profits won, which was great. And I'm excited for that. But let's just get to the point where the Street Profits are back on top, I think. I think that's what I want to see. I, I, so if they do a triple threat, you want them to unify oh the titles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want because wow. Because here's the thing, right? Like, okay. Usos... 
Roman does better when he's mad at the Usos, at least in my opinion. I think when the Usos, like, disappoint him, that's his best stuff. Honestly, I think, like, when he just goes, I got to clean up your fucking mistakes again. You know, like, I love that shit. I will eat that up breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But when you get to, like, RKO and, and, and Riddle, you know, breaking up, like, that's a schism there. So, like, I think it serves all its masters if the Street Profits do, in fact, win. I think it'd be wow. great. That was a take. I, mean, I will say, because I do... We got a little glimpse. They didn't really obviously turn heel this week, but we got a little glimpse of them by like playing the Usos music and then Montez being like, oh, you thought that was them. Now nah, we got tricks. I'm like, this is a little, little nibble, nibble on what they could do as heels. And I think you have been spot on with that. I think that is the next step for them. Um, unfortunately, I do think that if they're putting this match, they'll just take the pin because then they can prolong Usos RK bro with Usos as champ and have RK bro chase before they eventually split them up. But I do think that if they were to keep them separate, I would definitely have the Street Profits win the titles now from RK Bro, but the Usos are involved, so that's not really a thing. So either way, I am still interested, and all three of these teams are fucking awesome to watch on TV, so I'm always going to enjoy them there on my TV. But I just do worry about like having it happen on both shows. One of those things, like I like that the Usos weren't on Raw. So it's one of those things, if they're going to be on SmackDown this week, Maybe you don't have them on the immediate Raw. Maybe they're on the Raw after that, which I know it's harder for them to do, but it's just like kind of space it out a little bit for me. I don't think they will, but I think that's the approach that I would like to see because I just don't want to get fatigued to this stuff because it is so good. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Let's say anything else in the uh, the old Shino that you want to get over? Uh, I just want to mention how over Madcap Moss is, man. Like, it's just like... It's I am so happy for this guy because he is like the epitome of one of those guys that just kind of hunt around and worked and worked and worked. And it's amazing. He made it like he's a guy that was probably always at the top of the list to maybe be on the chopping block because he wasn't doing a lot for years. And he was just kind of floating around to random tag teams in NXT. Then he comes up, he's on Raw Underground, then he isn't on TV. And now to see him like they just pair him with Corbin. Corbin's a star maker. We know that because he's one of the better heels. Good heels always help make stars. So the Miz has always been good at it. Uh, and it just, and now that he's on his own and he's flourishing and seeing the crowd's reaction to him, it's like, this is good because we know the guy can deliver in the ring. And that character is still so interesting that I'm happy for him. He got a nice uh, clean win over Humberto. I Job believe he's taking uh, Angel uh, next week, so that'll probably be another one. But I do like that they're kind of like spacing out the rematch or the eventual match between Madcap and Corbin, kind of letting it breathe a little bit and let Madcap kind of build him up as a solo act a little bit. So I do think that's worth mentioning the shine. So you do think that Madcap eventually beats Corbin? I mean, I think that makes sense. The baby has to beat the heel, right? I would think so, but there are some times where I think about it. It's like Corbin might beat him the first time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I he'll just think he'll get an end of days in there. But I just, I'm looking at it more from an aspect of like, I think he's got to chase Corbin for a while, like for a really long time in order for. I could to make see it sense. going through SummerSlam. I could see that. I, I think like this is a money in the bank situation, or more importantly, because again, with, with the with the Corbin costs like, Madcap. Yeah, I could see that. You know, like stuff like that. Like I see, I see little instances where like he gets plugged and in play into situations that are very similar to Corbin, like the Andre the Giant, the Money in the Bank. Not that he's gonna win, but if he did, that'd be pretty funny. And then you know, like fumbling it, Corbin would be the reason he if he did get the Money in the Bank briefcase, stuff like that. Like the similarities and the the parallel of them. I think is what the story is going to be throughout their career. And I think if they can both stay in the WWE, you know, obviously being relevant, that I think that that's going to be something that you, you, if it's good enough, whenever Moss gets his new character, that it eventually will keep, it's like one of those, it's the Seth and Roman. It's the, it's the KO and the Sammy. It's like, you want to build that thing where eventually it makes sense that you're just like, 
yeah, let's go. You know, it's like it's it's Corbin Moss time, and I I want I want that to happen because I think that Moss, given the right direction, slam dunk every time. I agree. Uh, we did. Here's the thing. Uh, I you probably have nothing left in the, in the shine. I might have. I mean, here's the thing. I didn't really hate anything this okay. week, but I have nothing else that I loved. I wanted to, I wanted to put this in the shine so we can have a moment to just just have fun with somebody we love. I'm a big fan of Veer. I'm sorry. I knew it. I I I know. I'm sorry, Guthrie. I'm sure he's gonna sell me up a river here. But I looked at him and I was like, stretch your job two weeks in a row. They love this guy. He is a mauler. He is a lion. And he looked like a nutbag when his eyes like crossed and he was like snapping and like poor. What's his name? I have to make sure I have it correctly on Raw. What was it? What was his name? Jeff Brooks. He beat up Jeff Brooks. Again, another local. How can I not love the fact that he beat up a jobber? Like an actual local enhancement talent. And again, I love those type of matches. Yeah, they're going to say, oh, Veer doesn't have any plan. They didn't have a plan for Strowman right out of the gate. They just thought Strowman looked impressive. I mean, Veer's feuding with the Mysterios, but he wrote them off TV temporarily. Like, that, I think that's part of it. This is how you build. Like, this is one thing that's just like that I think WWE has done well since WrestleMania is like, the, we, we have a shirt on on uh, Jobbernock on uh, tpublic.com slash Jobbernock called Monday Night Rerun because old WWE would have been like, okay, Veer versus Dominic, Veer versus Ray, Veer versus Dominic, Veer versus Ray. But instead it's like, no, no, Veer wrote them off TV temporarily. They'll probably come back for a big match on Raw or a pay-per-view match. And in the meantime, they're just going to feed them people because, yeah, I think Veer is being booked well. I actually am enjoying it too. I'm not on the full-on hashtag cheer for Veer like <laughs> you and Danny with one N and uh, Ray and everyone. I, but I, I don't like dislike it. I think like they're doing a good job presenting him as a big monster heel who just destroys people. I, and yeah, I think the stretcher job two weeks in a row was a big deal. I mean, they go out of their way. Like, and here's the thing that surprised me because Guthrie it likes Commander Aziz and other big random guys that nobody likes. And it's just Aziz couldn't hold Veer's jock. Ooh, wow. same as Omas. Omas and Veer are like up here. Aziz, like, sorry, dude. It's just like, come on. What are we talking? We need to about make it. We need to make a shirt for Guthrie that just says Veer is up here. That's all it is. It rhymes. It's money. I love when you t-shirt print out of your mouth. It's fucking awesome. I fucking love these things. What was the other one? Was it you teach? Whatever the teacher one was. It was great too. Uh, but anyway, yeah. No, but we got to write these fucking things down. But yeah, like that. I'm not doing this to piss on Guthrie at all because I love Guthrie very much. But it's just, it's just, it's funny to see him go so far on this take because when I was watching it, and I knew he would, he called me out on Twitter to be on his side. You guys made a joke about me or whatever. So I was trying to be independent about it. And I was like, I'm not going to let anybody sway me. I wanted to watch it. And I, I was thinking to myself, they've gone out of their way because it may not be, you know, the thing that, that I try to think about all the time is at least he's on TV. That means they have something and Guthrie's going to ignore that and say, no, they don't have a plan. But if he's on television, no one's going to waste six minutes of time on this guy. They could waste six minutes somewhere else. Here's the thing is like, I think they have plans, but I think like you don't want to have everything roadmap perfectly because you want to be able to adjust on the fly. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you have ideas of where you want to go, but things freaking change, man. And like what, when WWE has been most successful is when they adapt the biggest example being like Kofi mania or the Daniel Bryan stuff. Like you just, you adapt to what the fans are telling you. And sometimes they don't and it can still work, but like when they do, 
and it, it lines up perfectly, it's magic, man. So it's like, yeah, the Veer, they clearly, they like him. He's on TV now. It took him uh, almost a, like what, eight, six to eight months to get here, but he's here now. He's been on TV. He's dominating. Like that's all you can ask for, man, from someone debuting. And I totally agree with you. I I mean, I, it's funny. Cause like they went out of their way with the, something when they're like in commentary, they said the million dollar arm. And I was like, clothesline from hell, rename it. I'm okay with it. Like he's the outfielder. You know, if you can find a way to be like, Make a baseball reference every single time when Veer hits somebody. I'm in. You make him the make him the like. You can make him the athletic. You can say like instead of the Oakland Athletics, you can make him like something else. Like it, there's so many things you could do. Now Guthrie's gonna want to put him in a full fledged Oakland uniform, which is ridiculous. The natural Veer, <laughs> yeah. the athletic. You know, it's like the you know it's like the tiger or the lion or whatever. Like the Bambino. The Bambino. Yeah, call him the Bambino. He won't get sued at all by Babe Ruth. It'll be great. Babe's dead. His, 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 his whole estate won't care. Uh, but look, I Guthrie, I wish I could help you, pal. But the thing that makes me more upset was that this man is a writer. This man is a character developer. So I figured he'd want to see this kind of... Well, then Veer kind of seems like a Guthrie guy. That's why it surprised yeah. me too. And that's why I kind of got involved. I mean, I had, I just like, a lot of times I'm on Twitter and, you know, maybe I have a couple of free minutes on my hand. I like to, you know, oh, there's a little, little spark there. Well, I'm going to just freaking dump some kindling on it because I want to watch it play. So I tagged one end and then I tagged you and I'm like, and then I just walk away and just admire my work, man. He goes everywhere with his portable toilet and his uh, paddle and he stirs it up. That's what you do. <laughs> Stirring the shit. What? What? That's what you do. You're well, a shit star. You're, shit. you're, you're a shit stirrer and a button pusher. That's what you are, baby. Should we go to the heat? Let's do it. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Where are we going to start in the heat? Do you want me to go? Because this is my section anyway. Yeah, go for it. All right. So not a lot on SmackDown specifically, but as I'm going through here in my head, I just wanted to say that they are doing something. And I, I had some people on Twitter talk to me about this. So I'm curious your take about this because I don't ask you specifically, but McIntyre, and Sammy are doing this thing, and now it's going into a lumberjack match. I I don't get excited. I know you don't get excited about tag match. I'm oh, not tag matches. Excuse me, uh, steel cage matches. But for me, I don't get excited about a lumberjack match. It seems like one of those dressy up trick or treat WWE things. Now, granted, people have you know reached out to me on Twitter and said when I'm in a lumberjack match on the independents, it's a lot of fun. Which again, I'm sure it is a lot of fun. You can talk shit to the people in the ring and like pretend to beat people up, slap them around, do whatever you want. But I'm curious, as a fan, JC, like, how do you feel about a lumberjack match? Because to me, in the words of Kala Espinosa on Scrubs, help me get off my bra. You know, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. Well, I think you hit on the big one there is that that three-letter word is, like, these are supposed to be, like, they're more fun, like, yeah. goofy-type things, which, you know, maybe not your cup of tea, but I think, like, for the most part, like, they're usually entertaining. It's going to be, like, something else we're probably going to talk about in the heat that was very entertaining, even though it probably wasn't good. But yeah, no lumberjack matches. I wouldn't rank it high on my list of matches that I love. But the one thing that I do like about it is a that it makes sense here because Sammy keeps running away, and it's nothing like making the cowardly heel stay and get his beating from the big fucking sword boy. But I just I I do kind of like having all the randoms surrounding the ring because you get to see all the people like oh yeah they work here oh yeah they work here and they're like inevitably there's one or two people that like does something that's entertaining. So in terms of that. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, we know what this is. They're just delaying Roman Drew as long as they can. Sammy's one of the, like, top heels, the entertaining guy. He's a guy that when they need to wrestle, they can wrestle. But when they need to be ridiculous, like, he can be ridiculous more than anyone. I mean, look what he just did at WrestleMania. Like, he meant the king of ridiculousness. But 
Yeah, I think like I think that just makes sense for kind of like a payoff for what they've been doing for this short little like couple weeks thing. Am I excited for it? No, not super much. But I think when I watch it, I'm probably gonna get a couple laughs. But are you more excited? Like so for me, like if you're turning in, you tuning in, and you're saying to yourself, okay, it's either a steel cage match, which essentially would do the same exact thing, right, as a lumberjack match, keeping Sami Zayn technically in the cage. Yeah, but he could walk out the door. In this one, you try to walk out of the ring, you get thrown back sure, in by fair. a bunch that's of goons. That's fair. So in your opinion, you think a lumberjack match is better than a steel cage match? Absolutely. I don't and, WWE steel cage match. In a WWE steel cage. Okay. Yes. I wanted to make sure we clarify that because yes. uh, AEW like is the different. Steel cage matches. I, thought, I think the AEW has it correct. I think AEW has it correct with the steel cages. That's why it's just, it's so much different. But yeah, I. I, I you can thank Cody for that. Yeah, you can thank Cody. You can thank Cody. Legitimately, you can. You can. All the good things in AEW, you can thank Cody for. So you're welcome, AEW. You really do the. It's true. You are in an American wet dream. You really are. And you're going to come oh, out of it eventually. I get an American wet dream whenever I see that nightmare, baby. Oh, nightmare in my pants in a good way. I might get a matching neck tat. Is my shirt got shipped by the way last night? Finally. Oh, goody. You, you know, you know, uh, WrestleMania night in my excitement slash oh buzzed God. excitement on Saturday night. You, you know, someone should take your phone away. You could have probably got an entire nightmare family uh, jumpsuit. Whatever. I don't. I mean, oof, that would be dope. I would totally wear that. You would all work. The time. You would totally work that in. I, I, I don't doubt that at all. I think I would see you in a complete red one, though. Not a if black they one. If they ever red start one. selling that, I will buy one. I'm I fairly certain right that they will probably have them out. If not, I yeah, mean, I'll buy go one. to the Nightmare okay. Factory I will totally website. Buy one. I'll look at it. That would be the greatest like winter wear, just to like walk around. It's a little cold. Just have that on. Just fucking be like, boom. I'd walk around my apartment, like saying hello to all the little old ladies, being like, like this is dope, right? Yeah. All the so. old ladies love JC, right? Everyone they, loves JC. gum for huh. JC. Right. Oh, boy. Just That's saying. getting weird. Anyway, over into Raw Land, which I wanted to make sure we talked about here. Um, I'm not necessarily in love with this wedding thing, but it made me kind of giggle. I just felt like, again, R-Truth, as much as he's a national treasure, and I love him very much, he lost his place there with the rings at the end. It just seemed like it fell off with the That's switching I mean, partners, the and like the crowd was just terrible yeah. towards it. It just... It's tough. That's a tough. That, and again, I uh, sorry, a bunch of people I know, not know, like I'm friends with them, but I mean, I've seen the, the independent wrestlers in the background and I'm like, oh, hey, that's, you know, and I don't want to say names and stuff, but like, hey, I know them. And when I'm, you know, that's awesome that they got that opportunity to be in the ring and all that stuff. So I was, I was happy at initially, but when I watched it, I went, where is this going? Like, and here's the other, here's the other thing that I hate about. <laughs> it's not it's just a hamster on a wheel, man. So here's the other thing is like, I, here's, here's what, and you, you and I, talk about this all the time, but it bears repeating again. For me, it's, does this move something forward, right? Like no matter what we talk about, does that, is there a checkpoint? Is, you know, do we get to the next step or whatever? Literally Dana Brooke was the champion and left the champion after four defenses or whatever. And I get it, but it's just like that to me, I would have rather see Tamina win it and then just run away. Like, see, that's what I would so I was going to say, so I would have had Reggie walk out as the champion and just end it there. I think that would have been perfect because I hate that we're on video for this WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I wish this happened when we weren't on video, but that was the best Tamina segment of all time. You got to be kidding me. fucking awesome in that segment. Like, that's this segment was ridiculous. It was stupid. And like you said, the ending was whatever. But, like, we got so much fun there. Like, our truth was great whatever but like the best part to me was like dana and reggie trying to read their vows and the crowd just telling them fuck off you get to tamina and she goes what she said i popped so big because i'm like a like i know that was probably scripted in but based on what the crowd was doing that was fucking perfect for her and tozawa just to be like yes like like repeat it but then like when she started doing the switcheroos 
like her and Reggie was hilarious. But when she got to Dana, it was just like the crowd went nuts. But the best part is they go to Tazawa and Reggie, and Tazawa looks down at Reggie and goes, Ooh. <laughs> I lost it. Just, I lost it. It was so good. Like Tazawa's like his facial expressions are so good. But Tamina was the star of the segment to me, as good as our truth was. This was the best I've ever seen her be. I wow. love that Team Bad walked her. I know people being like, Sasha and Naomi shouldn't be near the title. Fuck off. That's not like it's a fucking wedding. We know they're close. They're Team Bad. I thought it was cool that they walked her out. I thought that was actually very cool. Um, so I had no problem with that. But I just, Tamina was a rock star in this segment. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. I hate we're on video. Oh. But. Yeah, no, Tamina was great. And I think the money here would have been a chase of her still trying to chase that 24-7 championship. But by having everyone just kind of get it and then lose it, I do think they kind of ruined it you, a little bit. So it definitely definitely didn't land the plane, but it was a really fun ride. You uh, you made me cry a little bit there. I'm oh, so, I was so excited that you said Tamina did something great. So that is... It uh, was. It was the best thing ever. And I'm, I'm legitimately, like, truthful about that. No, I know. I just... I, I can't believe it. I, I die. Uh, you are never saying nice things about her so it's just interesting that's all uh yeah it, it was it was rough it was rough another thing that i wanted to get at was uh edge and his uh mountain of omnipotence or whatever the hell he calls it sitting in that giant chair of his with uh deep dark damien doing his uh you know voice or whatever and again i get it by the way does anybody else think that the island of relevancy and the uh, mountain of omnipotence sound awfully similar like he's just being like well they're not Romans on both shows now. Yeah, yeah, you know it's like it's like it just feels like the island of relevancy and the the mountain they must be on the same imaginary island, right? Like at least map wise, I'm thinking because it just seems ridiculous. You know, there's a, more than one island in the world, right? Parts unknown, you know, just random things. There's like, a I lot of it. unknown parts too. There, no, I'm just saying, it just seems like a guy's copying another guy. I, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Is I, it not wrestling? That's true. Put a little bit of uh, blonde nope. hair on it. And, uh, you know, instead of doing this, you do the uh, Justice Scales thing, whatever the hell they're doing over there. They, uh, it's it's odd because I'm fascinated by it, but I feel like I just don't think there's any substance to it. And I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, no, it's cold. It's cold to me, and it's shame because, like, I was actually, like, going to be okay with, like, maybe Priest AJ as a breather from AJ Edge, but they're doing AJ Edge at Backlash too. which, again, like, in, when the bell rings, I'm going to be excited for it, but, like, yeah, it doesn't seem to be a lot of meat on the bone story-wise here. I was kind of hoping for a little more. Um, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know. I think the only way they could like buy me back in is, you know, now that Finn's kind of naked again, if he kind of helped AJ and then, you know, just Edge just keeps recruiting, whether it's Rhea or Champa or whoever just joins a Dijak, uh, whoever Dijak. like kind of joins. Dijakovic. Dijakovic. Whatever the fuck you want to call him. But I just, I don't know. There's... There is, there's something missing here, and I think that's why in the heat's a good spot for it. I'm just, I was so upset because I was so excited. I was like, give this man the championship. Give Damian Priest anything he wants. Like, I, I'm, I'm in on this faction. But this week, I don't know what it was when I was watching JC, but I was watching it, and all I could think about was why. Like, what, it, what this was such filler. And then, like, the lights flickered, right? So then they had the whole thing where they, like, had, like, the strobe light effect happen, and then they beat him up, and then they hurt his shoulder or whatever, and you hear Jerry the King Lawler go, wah You know, whatever. And then... He hurt his arm, separated his shoulder, whatever. And I get that. But I'm curious where you go with Edge because it just seems like him sitting on a throne is cool, like visually. But then he starts talking again, and I'm just like, can you just do the cool stuff? Can you just do the cool stuff, like the cool entrance and the cool wrestling? Just do that. Like, the minute you start talking about omnipotence or whatever the hell, like, you've lost me. You've lost me. 
you've lost me. And I, 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 I want to know what happens with that scales of justice thing. What's their name? I want to know all these things. And I know, you know, you got to be patient, but I know in like six months, we're going to love it. It's just right now. It feels like they took a hard right turn into something that I don't give a shit about. Yeah. They're just, it's not, it's not played out enough. I don't think so, but something that is starting to play on WrestleMania, it's the freaking title you have down there in the episode. We haven't talked about it, but your girl Sonya is getting her title shot next week. Uh, she said, you can't touch me or else you'll be fine. And Bianca does what Bianca does best. Just fucking be awesome. Touches her, beats her up. And uh, Adam Pierce finds her $1, which I thought that was uh, like the segment, whatever. It was mostly trash. Uh, Sonya's getting legit heat though, which I think is awesome. And I love it. Um, but that backstage segment, mwah. It's perfect, but it's overall, I think this is heat because, like, I don't know, this this feud still feels random and out of place. I'm kind of glad they're hopefully ending it next week. She's a tomato can. I just, that's the thing I look at, like, and the other thing is that makes me more nervous is that I thought you thought that it's over. Yeah, no, they're probably going to drag it out to backlash, but here's what I would do. Here's what I would do um, is I would have Bianca beat her clean, but have Becky return, attack her, and you do the rematch at backlash, and we can move on from that. I think that makes sense. I think we let Becky just do other things because I just... I think yeah, like, but Be- Becky, like, I mean, she literally said she did an interview and she said the reason why I haven't come back to Raw is because she says I haven't been on Raw without a title in three years. And I don't know how to do that. So, you know, maybe they do hold her off for a little bit. But when she comes back, she's not done with Bianca. So it's whether it's next week or in like a month, like we're not moving on yet for her. It's money in the bank. Probably. I would think that that's the next big tent. Event, a good spot. Know, the next premium live event, you know, whatever they say. Uh, whatever they have uh, sticking up their ass from Mr. McMahon telling them how to talk. Um, listen, there's not much more on the heat, I don't think, that we can really talk about here. But uh, It broke up Rhea and Liv. Uh, they know the uh, the horny boys are very upset. So. Who the hell are the horny boys? Everyone on the internet. Oh, yeah. As you call Wrestling them, Wrestling Twitter. Horny. I mean, yeah, but, you know. Some not all horny, horny boys are virgins, though. You know, there's, there's a mix. There's, I think Here's the thing, because I think most males who watch wrestling are probably horny. Uh, most females who watch wrestling might be horny too, because I mean, I mean, God, look at Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, uh, fucking Ricochet. Like you got a lot of handsome devils, Seth Rollins. Uh, so for uh, wow, good for you. I mean, Cody's handsome, but the neck tat, you know, it just it's it's a different vibe. So he's like, you know, I'm expecting him to start whipping me and making me a nightmare. But but no, I mean, like it's you know, Rhea obviously does like the sexy pins, and when she sexy pins live, I guess that'll really get people going. But yeah, though they broke up, it's sad, but at the same time, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, you are you are absolutely uh, as this says hashtag horny JC. So there you go. Everyone's horny, man. I'm just telling you what the boys say. I'm just telling. I, know, you, I mean, are you saying are you saying sex isn't fun and cool? I think I, it is. Not going to get any disagreement here. I'm, I'm not touching that one. I'm just saying, just saying. I'm just saying people fantasize about a lot of stuff, and uh, she's. She's on a lot of memes. Uh, yeah, that's the way we're gonna leave that. So let's get it. Yeah. Let's let's just let's clal- like easy for me to say. Let's palate cleanse here. Let's get hopeful. Let's get hopeful, okay? Glorious. You are my only hope. We almost harmonized from different rooms, but we're terrible. So it sounded awful. I'm sure. I'm uh, sure it was a great harmony. It sounded great on my end too. Uh, look, you want me to go first? It's up to you. Listen, I have a prepared hope, so I just wanted to put that out we there. We both do, which is insane. We like we're both on the ball today. Listen, I I got up at seven o'clock in the morning because I had kids yelling at me, so it's fine. I'm ready to go. So here's, it. well, my kids are spectacular, so I love them. I'll do anything for them. But anyway, back to the matter at hand. I have thought about this here. So, Madcap Moss, right? His jokes aren't necessarily getting over anymore, right? So what I what I was thinking about was. JC, what's the next natural progression in jokes, right? Where do things kind of go? You, you start to joke with somebody. Some people 
go a little bit higher, right? They go into the next level of joking. I would like to think the next iteration, if we're going to stick with this Madcap Moss character for a while, practical jokes. I would like to see him pull some pranks, specifically on Baron Corbin for a while, because I think Baron Corbin would do a great job playing off these gags and all these other things, because we got to hold off the Corbin Madcap thing, I think. Pray to God that we don't have it at Backlash, like everything else is Rematch City. Which, again, we should probably put a t-shirt out saying... Uh, I mean, backlash. that's not technically a rematch. Well, no, it just feels like a rematch, right? Like, everything feels like it's been done over and over and over again. Anyway, but my hope is really to get from the... Not so much the ha-ha jokes that aren't landing anymore, which the crowd can pop and whatever for different reasons, but I think doing practical jokes on people, like, dude, have a sense of humor, you know? And then, like, I think you could parlay that into something, like, maybe a little bit more serious than the jokes, because I feel like... If you watch Doink the Clown at the beginning, not that I'm saying Doink the Clown and, and Madcap Moss are the same, but it was, he was, you know, tricking people into pranks. They got him, you know, they thought he had them and he had that sense of like, oh my God, I could beat the crap out of this clown and the clown would just beat the shit out of him. So I'm not saying we're going to get a heel Madcap, but I think that having Madcap Moss go into the practical jokes thing would be great. And if it gets over, JC, right? There is a pretty successful show called Impractical Jokers that I think Madcap would really benefit some rub on. I'm just saying, and have the Impractical Jokers, Q and Brian, uh, sorry, not Brian, Brian is Q, uh, and Sal, they're definitely big wrestling fans. I think that'd be great to have some type of symmetry and similarity and synergy there. I think it would be great for Madcap to get on uh, Impractical Jokers. I think it'd be wonderful. So that's my hope. I think making Madcap the next iteration of what he's going to be is super important here. And I'm over with the jokes, and I want to see where this goes. There needs to be more substance to it. I mean, I'm pro Madcap, so anything that keeps the train going, baby, honka honka. Hashtag JC's very horny. Hashtag horny JC. Hashtag JC's horny all the time. Not all the time, but I mean, I could probably, I could probably be up most of the time. You know, you got to be ready. Six to midnight. Six to midnight, baby. Speaking of being ready. You mentioned a little bit earlier, money in the bank is, uh, it's not far away. So I've been thinking, you know, who would be a good candidate this year? And then how can we make it a really cool story? Well, here's my hot take is that Cody's going to beat Seth again to go two and zero against Seth. And Seth is just going to be like reeling. So we're coming to money in the bank. I mean, Cody and Seth most likely going to be in that match. So I'm thinking, man, what if Seth wins money in the bank again? Because it's always better on a heel. And he's a guy that could hold it for a while and pick his spot, whatever. But he also, like, he really hates Cody. Well, whether it's SummerSlam or later in the year, at some point, Cody's going to face Roman. Like, it's inevitable for that WWE championship, whether it's the Unified or whether they have him split. Uh, So whatever, at some point. Because that story is there. It's happening at some point. It's money. It's going to be money. So here's how I would do it. Because you know what? Cody has that thing about his like his dad. He, he thought he won it for like two seconds. They didn't with the count out. So they could do something there. But what if he does win it? But it's for like two seconds because Cash is in on a bloody Cody Rhodes holding up the WWE Championship for the first time and pinning him one, two, three. So Cody's title reign is literally like 30 seconds. And so we had the, the moment for a minute. But the money's still there for him to chase and go on and maybe win the Royal Rumble or whatever. But it also sets up like Seth as the champ now, which is something we thought we were going to get earlier this year. Um, And we also, down the line, it means that Cody came in against Seth and had to beat him. And now to truly hold that WWE championship, 
he has to do it against Seth too. Maybe he could win the Rumble. That'd be a great if they did at WrestleMania. If the third match was at WrestleMania next year, that'd be a cool on story. Who knows what they do for the title? But I think that would be a lot of fun. That's how I'd let this story play out. So hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. And I know my boy Grimwood loves that because that means Seth Rollins not only winning money in the bank, but he's going to be the champ. I do. I do love it. I think that it's a great idea. The thing is, is I just don't see Roman Reigns losing this championship. It just seems well, that's inevitably why like them the separately. He can keep the blue belt forever, but that WWE championship, maybe you lose that along the way. So here's the other thing too. And I'm curious because this was, this was a uh, leaked. And again, we don't really talk about the dirtiest of sheets on this program, but I am curious because you have an American wet dream. But so here it is. People are saying that Cody Rhodes may end up winning the money in the bank contract and cashing yep. in on independence day. Like, how do you feel? Does that do anything for you? Do you think that's like, I mean, Cody winning the title does a lot for me, honestly. Cause if, Originally, when I was thinking this year, I'm like, Cody would make sense for Money in the Bank because then whether it's he uses it to win or that's what sets him up as coming up short with it. Like maybe he calls his spot, like you said, on Independence Day and then loses to Roman clean and he's back to square one. So I think either way, there is money in that with him with the Money in the Bank. Um, I just I think that him or Seth are two guys that make a lot of sense because we've seen it a lot like. Money in the bank can be used to like bring someone out of nowhere and elevate it, or it can take someone who's really established star and get them right back at the top where they belong, whether it's a, it's a quick one or maybe it's like a Randy Orton where he holds it too much and gets a SummerSlam. Like, so I just think Seth and Cody, and especially considering like we haven't even really talked about this, but like Raw's world title is like kind of non existent right now. So, like, the title currently is Cody. It's Cody and Seth. Like, they are the main event of Raw. They are the best part of Raw. They open and close Raw. Like, they are the main attraction on Raw. So, they're pretty much the title feud without a title. So, I think, like, both of those guys make sense of eventually getting it. And I think Money in the Bank is... It would be defending either of those guys. They could go a ton of directions. That's the cool thing about Money in the Bank. But for me, I think there is money with both these guys with the kit briefcase. Yeah, look, I, you, you've sold me. I think there's this is intriguing. Like, I, I really do hope this is where we're going because... I think having Cody Rhodes have that second, like that one, either he has it or like he almost had it like his dad. That's, that's beautiful storytelling. And I think that's yeah, maybe it becomes a triple threat for Seth because uh, maybe Cody in my hope, maybe he doesn't actually win it. Maybe he's about to win it. And that's when Seth's music hits, he gets distracted. Seth comes in curb stomps and pins him for the title. So Cody never actually has that moment. Maybe that's how you do it. Cause that, like, I think the, I think the first time Cody gets a chance I almost think he has to fail. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. I just think it's kind of funny that we've gotten to that point where we're already booking it, and I'm I'm excited. Like it's, I just the Cody WWE experiment like has been more of a success than even I could imagine, and I'm one of the biggest Cody people out there. Just like it just that it's just working, man. It is so it, it's hard not to think about all these things. All right, would you like to get the comeback going? You want to give somebody don't a call it a comeback. A town down, new U.S. champ uh, theory. Just theory. Just theory. As Guthrie pointed out on Twitter, they call him A Town Down, even though he's just theory now. There's no more A. But whatever. I don't mind. We call him theory anyway. He's from Atlanta. That's why he's A Town Down. Okay. That that makes sense. There you go, Guthrie. But he's the new Do your due diligence, folks. Finn Finn was a transition champion to Mm. get this title from Priest to Theory. No, you say, ooh, Sami Zayn was just a transition champion for a week. You're not going, "Mm, it's the same thing. Finn just held it a little longer because like, oh, we need a baby face. Like, he's like the new Kofi Kingston. It's like, oh, Finn hasn't had a title in a while. Give him a tag title. Give him a uh, mid-card title. It just, it is what it is. Like, that's the spot Finn's in. He's, that's what he's in. 
He's the baby face who puts over heels. Theory is one of your next big stars. He's going to have a nice reign with the uh, U.S. title. I know you really love the celebration um, with all the random heels. I thought that was random as hell, but I did kind of like it. But to me, what's interesting is Vince coming out and taking a selfie with him. Like, I thought that was perfect. But Austin Theory is a stud, man. I was a little worried about this guy when he got called up and got away from the way because I wasn't sure if he was ready. But, man, that McAfee feud sold me. This guy, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit, as Amy Bradley would say. And, uh, I mean, this is the first step. So, I, Like you said, the, the heel locker room piling out, it was just so funny to me. I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a cool moment. And then the Vince thing happened, and the crowd obviously lost their shit. So, again, I mean, you want to talk about the Nestle curse, that's fine. But, like, Vince McMahon comes out and says things like, oh, this is my guy. It's like, mm, be careful. But it can go to your head. Hopefully, Austin Theory, or just Theory, as Guthrie will definitely tell us, uh, you know, I'm excited for him and his U.S. title reign. I think that's the right call because there's more baby faces that need TV time on Raw specifically, and I think that that would be a great... Not that he's going to do the open challenge, but if he did the open challenge, I would be ready for it. I think that'd be fun because his tweak on the United States challenge would be so much fun, I think. Like, I think he'd find a way to make it his own, and I think that'd be something to be must-see, you know, must I guess. Not watch-watch, I guess, but yeah. Theory's awesome. I, got, I I can see why they're all all in on him. Anyway, my comeback goes to somebody, not just somebody, some bodies to love, Elton Price, Kit Wilson. Yes, boy! Pretty Deadly. I am so excited that Pretty Deadly have become the new NXT Tag Team Champions. I love these guys in NXT UK. They, I told you, JC, the minute you see these guys, they are going to be JC guys because I know what you like. These guys sent out a picture on Twitter the night after they won in bed with their titles. I was just, and with their robes on, looking just only the way they can look, as Ric Flair would say. I was just so excited because I'm not saying I don't like the Creeds, but I don't like the Creeds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want them to win, even though I know they're over. The money is in the Creeds chasing, yeah. so this made sense. And, like, the other teams were so, like, hodgepodge together and, like, or I'm just not excited about them. Like, Brooks and Jensen, get the fuck out of here. You know, like, at least I was more excited for Waller and the other guy. And then, like, you know, the, the other, like, I don't even remember the other teams, to be honest. Like, it just felt like Pretty Deadly had to be the... Uh, Legato was the first team against Creed's. Get him out of fucking here. Legato cannot do anything. They might be getting called up because one of them got a new name. Oh, Cruz del Toro, formerly Raul Mendoza. He was, uh, the other two already had WWE names, so they're he fine. Had two, he has two last names to me. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it Cruz del Toro. Del, that's a pretty badass name. Cruz del Toro sounds like, uh, it sounds like somebody that should be a bullfighter. It sounds awesome, right? Sounds like, like, it sounds like a badass name. Sounds like someone who should be in Legado del Fantasma. There's too many, there's too many dun, things to say. Dun, dun. I don't know. I just, dun, I think, dun, I think uh, it's not, it's not done until somebody puts, uh, you know, Tony D over. That's all I'm going to say about that with those guys. So, hey, the dawn. hey, hey, I can't wait for some stacker two commercials from the 1990s. You remember those things with Trish Stratus stacker two It was great. I'm just saying, I, I, I do love Tony D, but again, pretty deadly. Awesome. I can't believe they won. They won in like the most healless fashion possible. Like, Old school, came in late, won, and just, I loved it. I thought it was well done, considering the situation they were put in. And I think that, I think everybody's going to enjoy I just think NXT is doing a great job in general. So the when these guys won, I was like, finally, something I can enjoy in the, in the tag team. Because I thought like, and I'm not nitpicking, because there was some great tag teams. If there was something that I wasn't excited for every week, 
It was the tag team division. So I felt, and on the man, on the male side specifically, this has gotten me back into it and excited. So that's why they get my comeback. Well, you know what? I've been disappointed in the tag team division because there's no criticism of the young veterans. They just uh, not a foff, but who knows what they're doing with them. And I don't think Pretty Deadly being here is a great sign for them, but I do like Pretty Deadly. I think they are the perfect foil for the Creeds to continue their ascent. And obviously, you know, Pretty Deadly, they were the NXT UK tag team champions. Uh, they have, these are their new names. They had different names over there. So they're, they're being WWE-ified, which means that they do have plans for them long-term, and they are a team that they probably project long-term to eventually get a call-up to. So this is obviously a hot start for them. I don't think this is what they planned on doing, but obviously when they vacated those titles, it made sense to put them on them. I'm excited to see more of them, because like you said, I'm not as familiar with them as you are, but... I like what I've seen so far, but Nestlemania, that's going to transition us to the big old finish. And NXT, we are going to preview Tuesday night tonight. Uh, we have, uh, like you mentioned, Santos Escobar's wrestling, uh, Carmelo Hayes. Santos has been teased uh, with Tony D, so he might get involved here. So I would think this is just a good spot for Melo to pick up a nice win. Yeah, Melo needs some money wins here. I think this is an easy slam dunk for him. No pun intended. The other two matches we have previewed are both in the women's division, which NXT, man, I've been saying this for like two years. Like, they churn people up and down, in and out, and it doesn't matter. This division remains just super hot fire. There are so many people, and Natty got the biggest pop of her life when she showed up NXT last week and kind of did her thing with Cora Jade, which that seems to be the feud. But for this week, Natalia is wrestling Tatum Paxley, who was trying to make it in the Dynamite mine, but Ivy Nile wasn't impressed with her. Will Natty be impressed with her? I got to stop there, right there for one second. If you want me to like Cora Jade, that promo with Natty last week did absolutely no favors. It was like, hi, hi, I, 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 I can't believe Nestle, you're, you're here. Nicole should have to like Cora Jade. She's, She's just, like the ultimate milky white oh baby face. Oh my God, it's just not believable. She's like this, the it's little just girl not believable. It's just not, listen, it's not. Like, again, I'm sure she feels the way she does and Natty does feel the way she does and that's great. Like, Nothing authentic about that promo. It was really cool to watch Natty get that response because she deserves it after all she's done. But God damn it, when I was watching Cora Jade, all I could think about was like, you think? You know, like it just did, it just, it was so overacting. She was eating up so much scenery. I was so happy when she got the sharpshooter slapped on her. I was like, finally, get this woman to stop talking. For Christ's sake, she'll be a more effective heel because I just think she's annoying. She'll be way better as a heel. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, clearly, Cora Jade isn't for you, but she's one of people's favorites. Absolutely. So it's one of the it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like she's obviously still an NXT for a reason. She's still 21 years old, but like, no, people aren't gonna turn her. She's she's got like the she's getting like the Bailey booking, man. She keeps losing against Mandy. Like it just they're literally they're trying to build her up like Bailey. She's gonna be so beloved when she gets her moment. I mean, she's talented. She's gonna get there. Yeah, the mic work is not great, especially as a baby face. But we talk about how hard that is in general. But I want to talk about my girl Tatum Paxley because that's what the match is about. I'm glad that she's the one getting the natty treatment here because I've been curious about her since uh, she's came up she seems very athletic i mean she's uh, attractive as hell so i'm all in on her for that but i just i thought it was an interesting choice because obviously there's tons of women who get a lot more tv time than her but she's getting the shot and the other match tonight on nxt nestlemania is i think they fought once but it was because uh stratton ruined saray's entrance which is still one of my favorite entrances but we're getting the rematch tonight with saray and tiffany stratton this has been a fun little like cd feud maybe in the nxt women's division but these are two of their younger like stars that i both think have a ton of potential i when i watch stratton wrestle i think like she could be just as good as charlotte i really do she's a freak man in a good way like an athletic freak and it's like they took legally blonde 
right? And they just made it a wrestler. And I'm in. Like, Legally Blonde's a great movie, right? Like, Reese Weatherspoon did a fantastic job. She speared, I mean, the, the fucking thing's on Broadway, right? So, like, she she knows what she's fucking doing. And then, you th- you know, Tiffany Stratton, it's like, I, I forget what she has. Is it a volleyball background or something like that? But it's it's something, something like that, It's yeah. something athletic. And all I could think about when I see that handspring, like, it's a hug. It would be better if it was a splash. But, you know, and I, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, she, and this is where you would say it, but it's just like you're watching somebody develop into something. Like, we know it's not there yet, but you can see. You see the potential. You see it where it's like, okay, that could be money four years from now. Maybe even two. But, like. Yeah, I mean, I put more two to three. I think that she's definitely somebody that is going to have an impact. The problem I have, and this is where people are going to, like, roll their eyes at me or tell me I'm stupid, is it's. The WWE has a factory. They just pump them out. We get that. But it's hard because there's a very, very feeling, like a very similar feeling to the original Alexa Bliss, Charlotte. Like they did, they just seem so adjacent to each other. I just want to start seeing what Tiffany Stratton really is as a character. And I want them to kind of differentiate it soon. That's all. Because I think right now yeah, it's. Fun. I th- I think- I think what the, the, they're drawing with her, I mean, her main thing now, it's like that daddy gimmick, which isn't a long-term thing, but I think in terms of what they do at NXT, it works. But I just think you hit the big nail on the head is that she's going to just keep developing. And I think as she does and gets to the next level, like we, we can already see it as a heel, man. She could be a top heel in this division for a long time. I think she's like 22, 23. That's the thing about a lot of these women in NXT now is they're so freaking young that it's just we're watching them like literally uh, like they're, they're blossoming. Like they're not even close to being finished products and they're getting TV time. My uh, triple H kind of talked about this this week, kind of going back to the, how NXT used to be. And I mean, that's why I was excited for this transition. Cause this is what NXT is about for me. Seeing these prospects who aren't there yet, but getting the chance to watch them grow. And like for Saray, like, they obviously brought her over, and you could tell like she's a great wrestler, but there wasn't much there. But this necklace gimmick, as weird as it is, that transition or entrance is so cool. I think she's super talented, and I think this is a perfect money feud for them. I think she's a lot closer to being ready for the next step than uh, Stratton is. But I just, I think this is why I really like the NXT Women's Division is they seem to have a little bit of something for everything. Which like Nikita Lyons is brand new. She has a feud with Lash Legend. You have like Toxic Attraction feuding with like the. Uh, crazy lazy girls and Cora was in there just like everyone seems to like have a dance partner you don't have to see it every week but it's spaced out but it just feels like you feel the depth of the division and that's something we don't always get on like the main roster even AEW at this point because it's the same people every week so well I know what you'll be cheering for on Tuesday night uh, a lot of things. I love NXT, man. NXT is the best. Uh, AEW, we go there. They have a full freaking card this week uh, on Dynamite and Rampage. On Dynamite, we have two Owen Hart qualifiers. We have Britt Baker and Daniela Camella, who I believe used to be on NXT. We're both probably taking Baker there. It's in Britsburg, so it makes sense. Then we have uh, Jungle Boy versus Kyle O'Reilly. I would assume Jungle Boy, but are they going to give Kyle O'Reilly this in WrestleMania? I would think that after a tag team loss, you need to have some type of chicanery to keep it going. And I mean, if Red Dragon's going to eventually win these things anyway, I don't know. FTR is getting all the gold, baby. I hope so. They teased it on all of them. Yeah, I think I think you have an FTR Red Dragon number one contender match, maybe. And FTR wins, and then the next pay per view is FTR. Where are they on the rankings, uh, JC? Where are they? Where are they on the rankings? On the fucking AEW rankings? I don't know. But if they beat Red Dragon in number one contender match, they might be number one. So how who does knows? That, does that supersede but, how the rankings are? Do you jump somebody? Well, like, if you win exactly the match, it mean? would make you number one. 
So if you're like two or three and you win that match and you beat the number one ranked team, that moves you to one. But what That's if you're number 17 and then you go against They're the not, number though. one? Can, no, I'm just saying hypothetically, you go against the number 17 tag team like the Ass Boys and then you go up against the number one Red Dragon. Ass Boys are like number three. Uh, okay, that was a bad thing. Give me a hodgepodge tag team and then that 17. House of Black. House of Black. Great. Going They're up against with number Fuego one. Del Sol right now. Yeah, Fuego Del Sol and partner to be named later number 17. They go on and beat... FTR number one or, or Red Dragon number one. Does that mean they make number one? I need answers from Tony Khan. That's what I, I want to know. What this, I think it all depends, this is man. No, well, here's the thing. WrestleMania. You said Don't you said point. you want That's answers rude. from Tony. Don't point at me. You want Don't you want answers those. from Tony Khan? Don't wag those this banana Wednesday, fingers at me. This Wednesday, Tony Khan is making a huge announcement. So you're gonna get your answers from your beloved cocaine cowboy there. What is Some it going to be? What's this huge announcement? That's my favorite thing I've ever seen on the internet. Just him, how excited he was for Samoa Joe. I, he's going to Dixie Carter this announcement just like he does every fucking time. I mean, like, great. If they get, if, if, if there's a deal for ROH, awesome. Like, love seeing people on TV. No, I hope it is because get but, that shit off Dynamite. It sucks. Yeah. It, and I think um, that's the hardest part because we didn't talk about the Adam Cole, Adam Page match, which to me... People are going to give me shit, but I thought it underdelivered, and there was too much blood. And like, I get it; it's a Texas Death Match, but it seems like they did not do Texas Death Match rules, which was a pin and a last man standing. I don't know why. I thought it was at least a little bit better, but I just I think I'm I'm so fatigued by the amount of blood that I feel like it just loses its. Like I'm going to forget about this match six months to a year after the fact, and it's not going to be something that I remember overall. And it sucks because I feel like Hangman is putting out all these great matches, but. These things happen over and over and over again to a point of like I will not remember a lot of what goes on, and it sucks. His reign, his reign is going to age like a fine wine because you're right. In the moment, it, they haven't done a good job making it feel special. But when we look back and look at the list of people he's beaten, I think it's going to be impressive. You'd be like, man, he really was a good champ because, like you said, that's why I kind of I, in our jobber knocker thread, I kind of equated it to Finn Balor's NXT reign, which it was just such a dominant reign of like good matches. Like you don't really remember like the peak moments of it or feuds, but you rem- like you remember, man, that match was a banner. That match was a banner. That match was a banner. That's kind of I feel like how this Hayman reign has went, um, but. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I think it might be ending soon because I think it's Punk's time. But WrestleMania, there's still four other matches on this Dynamite card. We have Hook's Dynamite debut, which we're both excited for. Speaking of Punk, he's taking on Dustin Rhodes. Um, I'm sure there'll be blood in that match. We have Wardlow versus The Butcher. Probably going to be blood in that match. And then we have a coffin match between Darby and Andrade. Definitely going to be blood in that match. I, listen, I, I, I can't smile any harder when it comes to Andrade and, and, and Darby Allen. That match is going to be so much fun because CN just hits people so fucking hard. Like, I just, the way Andrade just beats the shit out of people, I could watch that all day. And then you have somebody like Darby Allen who clearly has nerve damage and doesn't feel pain. I'm in. I'm in. I, I like the what you just described to me is great coffin match. And I guess in, in AEW, at least in a coffin match, someone doesn't have to go away for six months. They just lose the match and show up next week. That's fine. Hook, I'm in. I'm a hooker. Like I am, I'm in, man. Like I love hook. I love hook. I'm in. You too. Dan Housen with the hook thing backstage. Dan Housen and Hook is like, so that's great. <laughs> if that's a tag team, that's better than anything else. Like just the fact that like that'd be a great tag team too. It's just, it's like if Pee Wee Herman was a tag, like in a tag team with somebody, it just fucking works. It just fucking works. Cause Hook, here's the thing Dan Housen has to talk. Hook doesn't have to talk. It's perfect every single time. 
every time. I'm I'm in. And like the Wardlow thing, when they said I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make you wrestle the butcher, I went. I know. All I right. Fart. All right. When I saw At least Wardlow is on television it. again and not throwing out poor security guards all over the goddamn place, yeah, but whatever. I, I, after Rampage, everyone was like, oh, see, they're building up the Butcher for Wardlow. He looked great. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about the Butcher. Like, are you kidding me? This guy, like, that tag team, they debuted as a wet fart. They've been a wet fart, and now they're in, like, the fucking, they're in the wet fart Hardy fucking group, which is now the Andrade group. Poor Andrade, get him away from that group, too. Come on. Free private party, free Andrade. Butcher and Blade, go back to elevation. Anything else? Uh, Rampage. Then, uh, Rampage. Rampage. We have uh, finally the TBS title match between. It's funny. The TBS title is always on uh, TNT and the TNT title is always on TBS. Sure. But TBS title. Uh, Jade Cargill defends Cargill. against Marina Shafir. Shafir. Man, um, they're probably going to have to edit this match a bit because um, Marina might be a little greener than Jade. <laughs> and she ain't the money green like no, Jade I was just is. about I'm to sorry. say, she ain't money green. That's for sure. I Jade's look, money green. Marina's. Is there any chance that Marina Schaefer is going to win this matchup? Be fucking horrible, man. No one wants that. This is just should just be another notch on Jade's belt. Give her number 30. So next week on Dynamite, she can throw her fucking party. Because that's all we care about. She's green like money. I want dollar bills raining down on the rain. I want another cake. I want I just I want it all, man. Jade's the fucking Jade section, might be the, by the biggest way. star they have. How do you feel what? about the baddie section thing? I think it's cool. I, I, I don't understand do. I think it's what a, it is. Is it like every week from a different, like, are they just different independent wrestlers well, in the she crowd? Tweeted, she tweeted out. She's like, like, send me pics. I'm coming to your town. So Dallas, send, give me your best baddies. And she just handpicks a bunch of women that think are beautiful. Or there was a guy who was in one of them too. But last week, I uh, Kira Hogan and Red Velvet were part of it, which I thought was cool. And they did. They released like a twerking video. And oh, yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. Uh, hashtag horny boys. Oh, they love that. I mean, hey, it got Kiara Hogan on TV, man. I think Kiara Hogan's fucking awesome, and AW signed her and has done nothing with her. So, Cocaine Cowboy, Booker, goddammit. Cocaine Cowboy. Is that his new thing? I'm going to keep calling him that. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's really good. All right, on that note, I think that's everything, right? We're good? Yeah, unless we want to talk about satin, I'm saying. I'd rather not. I want to spend as much time yeah. as you want to spend on talking about him. The end. I don't. I don't care. Um, uh, Ring of Honor, go to Ring of Honor. Maybe I'll watch you there, but I'm sick of you on Dynamite. There's a lot the of Ring of, of Honor happening on AWTV that needs to go on Ring of Honor television because I don't want to see that shit. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah. And if you keep doing Same. this, I'm going to not enjoy and I'm not going to watch. Like, I'm just not. Yep. I'm not going to watch it. Get it off my TV. Get it off As my TV, get it off my TV. It's just hard. It's just hard to watch, and I don't care. I just don't care. It's just not for me. And I'm a general public person in AEW. I'm not a hardcore AEW fan, so it is what it is, folks. You want to get my money? You want to get my eyeballs? Make me happy. That's all I'm saying. On that note, we thank you for listening to the Jobber Knocker podcast. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. <laughs>